Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone, wherever you are and around the world. Thank you for joining us for the last in the present series of digital asset management deep dive webinars. Today, we're going to be looking at Dan's role in enterprise transformation. Want to introduce you to my regular team. I am Mark Davy. I'm the founder of IQ Equity and one of the co-founders of the Codified Dam Consultant. Fred, would you like to say hello? Yes, thanks, Mark. So delighted since or the beginning of this series to to share uh, with you. And so I'm the CEO of Active Consulting, uh, working for uh, customers on Dam projects, PIM and CMS. And uh, I'm happy to, to share one of my experience uh, today. So stage is your James. Thank you, Fred. My name is James Rock. I'm a data scientist and I've been working in the dam industry for seven years. Um, I helped to build the Coded by Dam Consultant and I've been working with Mark for a long time now. And pass over to Sean. Thanks, James. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Proctor. I've uh, worked in digital asset management, product information management, a multi-channel publishing for many years now. Uh, I'm currently involved with DAM strategy and implementation, as well as back-end development on sandbox builds and proof of concepts. Thanks for joining us today. Mark? Thanks guys. So our agenda today, we're going to do a recap of where we've been. We're going to look at DAM as a building block for downstream integrations, applications, and automations. James is going to talk us through analytics and automation. Fred's going to talk us through a nice use case on e-retail. Uh, Sean is going to exploit and show you the dangers of the agency's relation, and it's time to disrupt that. Finally, James is gonna go into artificial intelligence, machine learning, and we're gonna give you a taster of when you get it all right, you move assets to entities. So hopefully for those of you who have been following us gruelly through these last six webinars, last five webinars, you've uh, taken note of our advice and looking to follow gap analysis, resource audit, which will help you build your requirements show the faults and the timelines for governance and i can't but help iterate once again that governance is the glue that binds the whole strategy together without it everything else is pretty much going to struggle and fail and delay these processes help you build the use case scenarios and then ultimately you can take your gap analysis resource audit requirements wrap it around governance build good use case scenarios and ultimately find the right vendor that's fit for purpose for you today and the next few years. So what is the true value of a digital asset? Is it any digital file? Any digital file with metadata within a controlled vocabulary and a sound taxonomy may be wrapped in an ontological structure of meaning. Well, the true value of a digital asset today and tomorrow is any digital file with metadata within a controlled vocabulary and a sound taxonomy wrapped in an ontological structure, meaning rendered in multilingual semantic schemas, and yes, built by impact, MPAS. Five years ago, people laughed at me at that, but actually when you look at today's modern DAM, you've got to ask yourself, does your brand DAM brain look like this? 
a digital asset is not just a binary piece of code that enables the ingestation, reuse, repurpose, and distribution of content. We can track, measure, and make better informed decisions. Indeed, the Lego block that is DAM enables us to build off our content models, looking at you know, web content interactions, workflow, PLM and PIM systems and digital rights management and workflow review and approval and legal compliance. <clears throat> and of course, <clears throat> excuse me, we are seeing a, a big rise today with master data management, uh, owning the reference data models and Dan plays a huge part in that across the whole content lifecycle. So James, over to you. Thank you, Mark. So today I'm going to talk about analytics, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and automation. Um, and what I tend to find nowadays is that there is a desire for advanced data-driven functionality. However, there's also the perception that configuring such functionality is easy when in reality, most companies would struggle. <coughs> People want advanced functionality, dynamic interactive dashboards, automations, artificial intelligence, machine learning, but yet they still manage their metadata in Excel spreadsheets. Next slide, please. So reaping the benefits of such technology all stems back to metadata and the data model that you have in place. If you're not capturing data in an audit, how are you going to analyze it and gain insights from it? Without a control vocabulary, how will you ensure that data is consistent across the business and beyond? Without integrated systems, APIs, and a well-governed metadata management protocol, how are you going to automate functionality on your DAM system? And for most companies, a lot of this work is going to have to happen in-house. <clears throat> Pardon me. So we're seeing a rise in metadata-driven initiatives within companies such as MDM, data warehousing, and in some cases, semantic modeling. Um, Fred's going to talk a little bit more to, to MDM in a minute. And these are all driven by taking time and putting in the resources to build a solid data model that's fit for purpose across the enterprise. <clears throat> but joined up thinking across the enterprise on data models remains rare in DAM. And such initiatives are often siloed for particular use cases. <clears throat> so get, you have to get back to basics to really understand the data in your company. Um, and it's an iterative process. So it requires the input of several departments and often involves linking up multiple disparate data sources. You'll need to map metadata values between data sources. You may need to consider things like interoperability standards, or if you're really clever, semantic mapping. But a good start is just to map your metadata fields to standards and this will assist in their uh, machine readability for want of a better term. Building a data model is like deciding on a shared language that your company can converse in. 
it's the vehicle with which you can address complex business requirements and it facilitates metadata driven functionality. Next slide, please. So analytics, analytics and insights are nothing new in DAM. However, we often find that DAM vendors pay lip service to analytics and within this diagram, mainly forward in reporting and analyze. Some also do a fairly good job of monitoring. Very few get to prediction and simulation. So this is where we're talking about using things like sentiment analysis to predict what customers might want before they even realize it themselves in some circumstances. <clears throat> there's, in DAM, there's often a focus on global data such as downloads, uploads, logins, etc. And there's little thought put into collecting true insights. Granted, DAM isn't an analytics platform and often there is specialist software that is better capable of producing meaningful insights. So as a customer, you need to think about where and when data is being gathered before you start to, start to think about how it can be used. <clears throat> you might also need to think about the technology that um, vendors are using to facilitate data collection and process simplification, such as um, Elasticsearch and Hadoop or other data warehousing software. So Elasticsearch is a good example of where monitoring and analytics can be turned into predictions. So data being gathered from search can lead to search efficiency improvements. Hadoop and Spark allow you to connect multiple data sources and use things like parallel processing to vastly reduce the computational power needed to query huge databases. And we're living in a big data world. So we're definitely seeing a rise in, in a lot of companies implementing um, Hadoop and similar systems. <clears throat> Few damn vendors offer such deep insights out of the box. So it's important for you to ask what's available, what data they capture, and any integrations that they might have available for data analytics. Um, and as an industry, we, we need to learn lessons from specialist sectors such as field sales. So effective field sales tries to learn from its successes and feed this back into the delivery of sales materials to its customers. And um, what we hear a lot from co companies is that they want to reuse, they want to repurpose, but there's this, there isn't a stronger feedback loop as you see in something like field sales as to what was successful, what specifically was successful about it and how this can feed back into the creative process to um, mirror that success. <clears throat> so maybe there's an argument here for an enterprise insights team, one that's combining and aggregating all the insights from across the enterprise um, and getting really deep into the into the possible outcomes. Next slide, please. <coughs> Pardon me. So automation encompasses a lot of what I said previously. Um, 
It starts by building a solid data model, which can be applied enterprise wide and can be understood or interpreted by all relevant stakeholders. You need to understand the flow of data through the organization, which system contains a single source of truth. Um, obviously, we would say this is DAM and how and where data is created and stored and how it travels between systems. <clears throat> You need to make sure that you utilize things like APIs and interoperability standards to push, pull and convert data between systems. In fact, it's always important to align um, your technological specifications with those of the vendors that you look at. And maybe consider employing a person or a team specifically to manage automation and data transfer at the company. slide please i'll pass over to fred here yeah thank you james so and you will see that uh, uh, on my use case i will try to or more or less to jump from your analytics standpoint which are very important and so now uh today uh i like to to share with you uh the experience of dam projects have more or less in the last two years um of course it's always a dam project but it's more and more also a pin project and this graphic is uh, a clear representation today of most retailers and brands as soon as we want to be in touch uh, on all the different uh, channels communications e-commerce and etc and that that's new and in the meantime that's really challenging so how you, you can figure out what is the place of that and the first thing maybe i'd like to highlight is uh, the fact that uh, so many people try to find uh, one solution to um to to, to manage everything and maybe one of the first thing you have, you have to keep in mind is uh, for such uh, use case uh, the performance is very important and in my experience uh, a couple i know that a couple of vendors try to uh, promote this id but uh, the pim system is not a dam system so reason why in this graphic you have a dam as a foundation to manage all your assets and we we know and we saw during the last webinars that uh the the assets today are very rich we are not we are just talking about 4k videos about very large uh high definition files uh in the meantime by the organization you have what we are calling a master data management which which can be a lot of things for some customers i met it's sometimes it's just starting from a filemaker database uh for bigger one can be an mi system erp system Today, we see more and more uh, application like Salesforce, which is a CRM, but more and more, a lot of things around. So at the end of the day, you have one point where you can trust the, the data of the organization. But most of the time, these, uh, these systems are not really um, done at the beginning to, uh, to share or to distribute this content. The reason why we have a PIM, and the PIM is just like a glue between the dam and and this uh, and the in the mdm and uh, and the the pim is really the perfect system to uh really to aggregate this information so and i see today uh with the customer i'm working with 
it's it's coming from different uh, sources. So you have a lot of data sources, and at one time you need to gather all in one place. You need to start building your own data model, which can be uh, something big because, as for example, with uh, companies I'm working with, it's uh, hundreds and hundreds of feeds. So what's the place of them at that stage? Of course, thanks to the API things, we can connect both systems between DAM and PIM. The DAM can push information, the PIM can retrieve some information, um, but at any time the PIM for the asset is just linked to the DAM. And for on the DAM side, we, we saw that uh, DAM is an engine for your assets pre to, to, to be able to manage previews, uh, but it's also the engine of your metadata, which is very important. And what whatever the, the metadata you are using, uh, standard, custom, uh, AI, whatever, this is, a, this is the DAM is the engine. But in the meantime, any end user would like to uh, retrieve some assets from the DAM uh, with information in the PIM. So, of course, uh, on my side, um, I'm, I'm not uh, taking all the feeds of this data model, which is, can be 600, but just a few of them, just like the EN code, uh, some global ID of products, some name of the products, but nothing more. And then the other challenge is really to syndicate this information from the year on the whole workflow from the asset creation to the distribution. And CMS is also most of the time the, the, the portal of the brand. So in the next slide, what we can see, I just try to summarize and to simplify. You have two main dam systems in the world organization. So the dam, where you can see we have a lot of stakeholders, you have agencies, a lot of suppliers. Of course, today, and especially here uh, on the customer working with, we try to, as we saw before, to make the right choice. So it means a great user experience, performance, ecosystem. And of course, if you want to engage the people, uh, it has to be something very easy to use. Um, so thanks to the dam, all the people can uh, collaborate. And thanks to the PIM, we have some, uh, all the entities, all the year, business lines able to uh, work here the, the, the data of a product inside the PIM. And PIM and DAM can after, after some dedicated workflows, and we have some very complex workflows there because it's not simply a single metadata when you say it's done or not, because when you're looking at the business process mapping of the organization, it's more complex than that. It's a lot of milestones different stakeholders with different roles. And that's one of the challenge to be able to approve the assets uh, between different people, to approve their, uh, the, the data of the PIM, and then to say, okay, we can publish on, on the website. So uh, today in, the, in this customer, we have, uh, of course, tons of WordPress, but more and more we are trying to, um, to, to go on some more CMS enterprise. And in the meantime, the job we are doing with the PIM is exactly the same with the CMS. The CMS is not really the place of your assets. Uh, I'm sure that every bit of you already tried to, to upload assets. It's just uh, a wall of pictures. Uh, it's not really dedicated to very large images. And so we have exactly the same way of working with them. So this is a clear representation today. Two main uh, systems, DAM on one side, the PIM on the other side. 
and uh, definitely uh, one of the best use cases uh, to work during uh, the last years. And in the next slide, I'd like to jump on what James were explaining regarding the analytics. Of course, here, a DAM system is not an analytics platform. But in the meantime, uh, when you invest in, in, with a DAM system, uh, most are of C-levels and, and are asked to get some return investment with a DAM. So a DAM system today is not something that you can, it doesn't take years to deploy. Uh, if you have a good strategy, uh, as Marx said, got the, the right governance, everybody working on the, on the right direction, it's, it's a one year uh, project, more or less. But how you can prove that this dam is super efficient and it, what, which benefits it brings to the organization. And reason why, um, since a couple of years, I, I, I tried to enhance this feature, these capabilities, uh, thanks to some third party integration. And one of them is the uh, reason why I put uh, on the slide is Sysense. Uh, a new company, uh, a couple of years, of course, of experience, but they really uh, achieve one of the goal and some dream of customers. And we are talking about BI, business intelligence. So the capabilities to finally to, um, to, to, to get information from all the sources, uh, from any types of metadata, uh, and even from a spreadsheet, and the ability to build what they are calling a queue, which is something like a small database, and thanks to this database integrating things to API in DAM system, you can really get some amazing uh, experience. And we see more and more, um, it's very close as for us, for example, so what Salesforce is doing as part of our intelligence, or so, uh, you can really quickly in a, in a very, uh, um, very fast way, uh, see which, uh, which entities uh, in the workflow is, they uh, uh, have some problems as for example, in the approval, some bottlenecks in fact. And in the next slide, uh, you will see it finally, uh, the clear view of what we are doing, uh, when what I try to, of course, to do, to do every time with retailers. So I have to manage all the inputs of, of the data. Well, we are bringing this cube and then we are able to uh, integrate and it's a, it's a, it's a nice piece uh, of, of integration. And we don't have so many DAM systems today in the markets. And I would say that most of the time, it's a, I would say it's a little bit boring because we just see who is, who is doing what, when, et cetera. So um, we need to get more in, in 2020. And I think BI is one of the answer. So as a conclusion, in fact, for this use case in the next line, I just highlight finally a, a couple of bullet points. Uh, uh, first thing, uh, which is uh, sometimes very shocking for me, is uh, so many customers I see uh, in France, but also beyond in Europe and even in US. Even if in US, I would say in UK, uh, I would say most of the customers are, have a, uh, a wide, uh, a better knowledge of what the dam is. And and but today, too many often I see uh, so many customers with too many DAM system, it's five, four, five, six, and et cetera. And in the use case I'm working uh, uh, with this e-retailer, it's more than 26 DAMs. Uh, sometimes by large organization, you have also a SharePoint. 
And uh, a lot of people, especially on the IT, think that finally it's done, which is not really the case. Of course, you can get some very nice brown portal, but if, as soon as you try to make a search or to retrieve asset, it's just a nightmare. So uh, it's, it's definitely the, the right way, at least to uh, minimize this number of, uh, of, of, of assets, of silos, and just to get one. Uh, a lot of work has, has to be done regarding the, the metadata, which is very important, especially to, uh, to get this information from a PIM. And the dam at, at that stage has to be really integrating in the ecosystem of the organization from PIM, CRM. It's very important. Reason why the API um, is redriving the business in this such use case. Uh, and it's not so easy to, because so many vendors says we have an API, an API race, you can do everything you want. Okay, uh, so can, can you show me a couple of things? Because uh, it's very complex and you need to spend the time uh, close to uh, some experts, uh, sit down to, to be able to really to see what you need from this integration. Um, so this one is very important. Uh, KPIs, of course, uh, as, as uh, I was talking. And the last thing I'd like to share is maybe something sometimes we are missing is all about the security. Uh, really take the time because too many, and especially for modern dam systems, it's mainly all driven by API front-end, some API first. Uh, so it looks like uh, it's super nice. You say, oh, that's cool. Uh, okay, it's nice, but you have to, when we're talking about to protect the brown content, it's all about also the security. And so really check that you, the security at the API level, which is very, very important. We see so many use cases between some different customers, the competition, it is more than uh, uh, some some buzzword that that that's true, and I see especially in some automotive uh, um, fields or uh, even luxury and fashion. We see so many people try to, to spy each other. So it's very important to to protect your your brand portal and to to check the security. So this is one of the use cases which is definitely more and more uh, um, uh, at the top of of business requirements. And as you can see, uh, DAM has a very, very important role at, at the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely, Fred. Just to hop back on on the API side of things, this is where we run into you know, customization and configuration. When an API is not built natively into the application or the depth of the ability to go to the data level, the metadata level, can really impact the Lego building blocks in terms of what you want to integrate for upstream and downstream systems. Yeah, good point, thank you. Yeah, sure. So, James. Thank you, Mark. Um, so we have mentioned uh, AI and ML during the webinar series. And the, the in-vogue functionality at the moment in the industry is auto-tagging. Um, a number of these vendors are providing services for auto-tagging and most of our 10 core vendors are experimenting with it or have implemented it. Um, but I, I think there are some issues with, with the functionality at the moment. Objectively, it's very useful, but um, 
it seemed to me it could be made more useful if the machine learning piece was uh, improved upon. At the moment, uh, the vast majority of vendors integrate with external services. Uh, this can throw up issues that we've seen about the relationship that the customer has with these external services and the fact that endless API calls for auto-tagging can ramp up costs, uh, license costs. <clears throat> the second is that by having it as an external service, the auto-tagging doesn't really learn your specific data as the data set that it's being trained on is actually the whole web or as, as near as damn it's the whole web. The, the vendors who are, who are doing really well here have uh, machine learning technology within the product itself. So in this scenario, the machine learning can be trained on a data set of your own assets. It can add common, common tags that align to your controlled vocabulary. It can recognize people, places, etc., that appear commonly in your images and so on and so forth. Um, at the end of the day, there will always be a need for a human at the end of the process to green light things. But the more that training is brought into the process, the less human input that's required and the greater chance for innovation in this area. So we see a huge opportunity for product specific auto tagging, um, something that learns product data dimensions, characteristics, etc., and tags suggested data specifically for product workflows. Um, there are rumblings of such innovation from some of the big players, um, such as Amazon. Um, there are also other benefits that are still rumblings um, around rights management with web crawling and digital uh, watermarking <clears throat> uh, in legal review. So that's mostly filling forms for um, government regulation. And then also in heritage museums, um, there's, there's significant efforts going on here. And despite, uh, despite there being a lot of collaboration in this, in this sector, um, the, the learning is, is yet to really be, be shared effectively across the sector. Smart. Um, I'll pass over to Sean here. Okay, thanks James. Okay, let's look at uh, the agency model uh, based around content creation and content delivery and why it really needs to adapt uh, and transform. So like most dark arts, the agency model is about their knowledge and the quick acquisition of your company assets. Your brand logos, your stock imagery, style guides, photography fonts, all of which live on the multiple agency databases and repositories. But as companies become more data centric, they will need to rely on their agencies to help them build more defined data strategies utilizing uh, the real power of linked data and metadata 
content itself will need to have the ability to move through omni-channel delivery, adapt in a responsive way to various devices and become more personalized. So mandating your agencies to abide by your data models is the smart move. Next slide, please. By doing this, you reduce the load on your librarians, leaving them to focus on curated experiences and knowledge transfer, serving up the right content for the right audiences, and simplifying the whole life cycle for the creation of content. By making them the guardians of your creative data, you will both yield deeper insights, better optic, optics and co-creation of the creative output. However, uh, I want to put a big caveat here. Agencies have a purpose in that they work in the hive mind of your company's particular focus. And the zeitgeist lessons learned here are invaluable. That said, the content factory is here and its purpose is to help humans produce better content with better metadata and knowledge. Content with metadata yields context, and contextually relevant content is, and will always be, a valuable asset. A strategy that maps content from idea through to archive, building a data bank around content use, reuse, and repurpose, yield significant analytic values across the content life cycle, its creation and myriad of endpoints. Next slide, please. There are only so many document types, brand formats, and a governing culture that cannot be overcome in a simplified manner. Of course, agencies offer highly creative campaigns and tactics and their value in the content operations pipeline cannot and should not be undervalued. Having this original essence is usually substituted at the content factory floor, but this model is exponentially in favor of the agencies and not their clients. Modern dam systems allow the ingestion of source files as compound assets such as InDesign documents and linked files. Well, this means that contents within these documents, although they maintain relationships with each other, in many instances create duplicate content. And finding this duplicate, uh, duplicated content yields several insights. How often are assets used and reused? or more importantly, recreated at the expense of the client, unaware of the value that already resides on the dam. Next slide, please. So, how can the agency model adapt to help with content creation? Firstly, templating the source files workflow brings innumerable benefits. It can save cost, eliminate time-consuming repetitive tasks, and offer graphic design functionality, making it easy or easier to create custom content for use across multiple channels 
without the need for in-depth graphics knowledge. Templated files already carry review and approval metadata, which obviously speeds up the re-review process. The curation of brand content across countries and regions is harmonized by the use of predefined variable data areas and cultural and regional metadata is carried at the country levels. Next slide, please. And secondly, adding metadata to source files as a governed process also brings many benefits. Most modern dam systems allow for the automated ingestion of metadata directly at the upload stage through correct naming conventions, through customized XMP schemas embedded directly into an asset or multiple asset, which is um, what you're seeing on the slide, uh, through custom tags and keywords, and through rights managed metadata. So in summary, the reuse and repurpose of assets within the dam environment incorporated with smart use of metadata are two very good reasons how the agency model needs to adapt and transform. That's it, thank you. Well said, Sean. Uh, and it needs saying and it needs looking at indeed the content factory is here and how the agency and client relationships shape and transform over the next few years is critical it's yeah just like it's it's not it's not it's not having a go at the agencies it's just how things are going to involve evolve and yeah they have to by the need to adapt Absolutely. So here we're looking at the, the brain as a layer cake, enterprise data backbone, content engagement and management through the other layers that we would expect to the major channels. With the webinars that we've introduced you, the six steps, we hope to move you from ad hoc, incipient, through formative, operational and to optimal. However, there is a thing called context the parts of something written or spoken that immediately proceed and follow a word or passage and clarify its meaning. In fact, context is going to be the new king. Search engines understood identifying, identifying keywords alone was not enough. Instead, they needed to understand how the data was related, both with the same site and throughout the web. This is where the most important change within the search landscape occurs, a progression from the ubiquitous keywords to the increasingly important entities. What we're looking at here is the next level of metadata. It's the contextual metadata, context as, as, as entity markup, which basically takes an asset to an entity. An entity is location, device, and activity aware. It's also a person, a person is a thing, who owns a pair of shitty shoes, who seeks a new pair of shoes for walking. This is relevance as entity markup. And then we have a trust metric. We have our location, we have our favored manufacturers, and we have our offer. And it's distributed to the Netflix model, hyper-individualized. So once you've got to optimal, 
you need to get to optimized and this whole level of semantics, entity markup, linked data, linked open data, question layers, knowledge graphs, ontologies, big data. It's the reason the master data management is so heavily impacting the work of DAM. This is the tsunami, the third wave, where I actually believe web, the DAM, will become the beating heart of the semantic web. It's a big subject as well. And uh, obviously, again, we've run over time. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be doing a follow-up. This video will be posted, this webinar will be posted, and we are gonna have a deep dive final session, the seventh in our series, looking at dam complexity in terms of the future state, semantics, optimal to optimized from assets to entities. Hope our uh, time with you has been very useful. We look forward to seeing you on the 4th of August for a one hour special. Mark, yes. sorry the, uh, the date's wrong on that. <laughs> oh, what's the date? Do <laughs> you remember the date? 15th. 15th of September. 15th of September, my apologies. 15th of September. <laughs> 2020. Over yeah, over we have to do a second webinar in a row. <laughs> oh, okay, well, there we go. 15th of September, invites will be sent out. Thank you so much for your time today. I uh, hope it's been useful. And guys, thanks for your Thank you. Support. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.